Welcome back to Poolside Podcast. This is episode number 53 and I'm your host, Rachel Anthony. Today I am sharing the interview I did with Mercedes Burns. She owns a natural skincare company called Wolf and Pine and we dive into how important natural and vegan products are. Her story is pretty cool. She grew up foraging in Manitoba, which I didn't really realize was a thing. And she took that passion and eventually turned it into this business. So she and her partner forage for all of the ingredients that are in these products, which is super cool. Um, and different than normal skincare products. It's very hands-on and she's done a great job at growing the business and branding and social media and everything that you need for a business. Um, I was super impressed. And we talk about her passion for wolves and nature, hence the name Wolf and um, We talk about how important patience is when it comes to natural products, as opposed to looking for a quick fix with chemical skincare products. Um, and she talks about growing the business, the struggles that she's had and how she plans to take it to the next level. We also talk about content creation because her and her partner have done such a good job on social media and branding and that is all them. So she gives her tips and advice for putting together a really well curated marketing and branding plan. So let's jump into this episode. Here is Mercedes. Do you want to start with introducing yourself and telling us a bit about yourself and what you do? Sure. So my name is Mercedes Burns. I grew up in Sudbury, Ontario. Um, I'm still currently in Sudbury, Ontario. I'm a registered nurse in my professional career. Um, so I've been practicing for probably about four or five years, uh, probably about four years now. Uh, I'm also the owner of Wolf and Pine Herbals, which is an herbal beauty care uh, company that I started two years ago. Uh, so we create natural products with um, some tongue-in-cheek branding and with this kind of a sprinkle of vulgar humor also. Um, so I'm still currently doing that. And um, yeah, just put a kind of a hold on my nursing career just to kind of focus on my business. Okay, so you do it full-time then? Yes, right now, yeah. Mm -hmm. Cool. Um, and before we get into really the business side of it, do you want to talk about how you got involved with skincare um, and products in the first place? Sure. So uh, when I was younger, my parents, I grew up in a family of five. Uh, so I have two other siblings. Uh, my parents always kind of fostered a very um, kind of overall sense of curiosity. Like we grew up in kind of the rural area. So we were surrounded by a lot of wilderness um and so we kind of had a tendency just to kind of roam in in the area and so our parents always used to take us to uh kind of like hikes and things like that so that was always kind of there in my life um and later on i just kind of got in more into herbalism um and i was kind of straddling this weird world of like nursing where it's very um i want to say like uh i'm not i'm not unnatural but it's kind of like a an interesting outshoot, I guess, of what, um, I, sorry, I'm gonna have to rephrase that. <laughs> I'm just gonna restart that question if that's okay. Yeah, for sure. Okay, cool. Okay, so um, when I was younger, we kind of grew up in a rural area, so I'm from, from a family of five, um, so we have two, uh, two other siblings. 
uh, and my parents always fostered kind of like a sense of curiosity in us uh, at a young age. So we always kind of grew up roaming in very wild areas. And so foraging was kind of part of my life at a young age. So later down the line, um, when I was kind of focusing on my nursing career, which is very uh, kind of sterile, I guess, is the word I would use for nursing um, in a lot of ways in the medical field that we currently kind of operate in. Um, and so uh, or I was kind of felt like herbalism was kind of like my connection to a natural world. And so I've been always interested in foraging and, um, and herbalism. So making tinctures and things like that. So probably about, I would say it kind of grew into like a, a more of a serious hobby about seven or eight years ago where I'd make, like I said, my own tinctures with like mushrooms and things like that. So, um, so the skincare aspect kind of came in when I was, uh, looking for natural solutions for kind of like just everyday skincare problems. Um, and at the time, I mean, there's been obviously since then a huge resurgence of natural skincare, but um, it was a bit tough to find, especially for vegan items too. So I just kind of started doing my own products um, and it kind of included my own herbal concoctions into the skincare uh, that I was creating. So, so yeah, I just kind of blended those two worlds together. So that's kind of how the skincare came about. Um, and again, like just that vegan component was really important to me just because there wasn't a whole lot on the market that was vegan friendly. Right. And how did you know, like how to even create these products? Like if someone came to me and was like, can you make a tincture out of mushrooms? I'd be like, uh, no. Uh, yeah. So <laughs> how I did mean, you learn that? <laughs> yeah. So, so it's just been kind of a lifelong learning thing for me. So there's a lot of like some really great foraging books out there uh, that have been around since like the dawn of time. So I've just been, it's mostly been like a self-learning thing for me. There are like some herbalist um, courses and things you can take too. But for me, it's always been kind of like a self-learning thing um, and just kind of learning from different people that have done it. So there's a, a pretty large foraging community. If you kind of know where to look and know where to find like those people. And so we kind of generally just like share knowledge kind of between each other and kind of different harvesting practices and methods of doing, you know, extractions and things like that. So, so that's just been developed over many years, I would say. And, um, and yeah, just kind of starting with like little things, I guess, was probably where I uh, got kind of hooked in. And then, and then just like any kind of like interest, it kind of just grows. And the more you learn, the more you kind of like push yourself in different uh, kind of different you know, recipes and things like that. So I would say it's definitely more of a self-learned thing and uh, just mostly from books, I would say. Okay, interesting. And do you still do that now? Like, is that still how the products are made or is it now just like a hobby? Yeah, no, so it's definitely included in our, into our, uh, our production. So a lot of our products are made with primarily organic ingredients. We try to source organic as much as possible. And then a lot of wildcraft botanicals also. So, and these are generally foraged in like the Northern Ontario area. So, uh, so it's my partner and I that will usually go out and get the, um, get the, uh, the herbs and stuff. So for things like, um, the dry shampoo, we have horsetail, which is a herb high in silica. And then, um, what else do we have? The chaga mushroom and the rehab mass, just to kind of name another one. And then we also do like a balsam for hydrosol for the rebound wood clarifying, um, toner. Um, so those are kind of just like three examples that we use kind of herbs in, in those products. Cool. Um, so now that we've kind of like got into the products and business, do you want to 
uh, tell us the journey of Wolf and Pine and where the name came from and when you decided to make it into like a real company from before what sure. we were doing. Yeah, so I, so at the time when I was kind of conceiving this idea, uh, I was working as a nurse in long-term care and I was really not enjoying it. I just find that long-term care is a little bit challenging, uh, especially kind of in our current healthcare model where it's just very, um, I would say the uh, staffing is a bit of an issue. So I think that's kind of generally seen across all provinces, but especially in Ontario right now. So I was working in long-term care and I was just very unhappy with my career. I thought it was very stale and kind of what I mentioned earlier that I needed some natural components. So, so the, so the idea came from like just this like intense uh, unhappiness in my career. So I started with that, um, with just making formulations with the idea of maybe they'll just kind of start some like soap or things like kind of just some basic things. I, I don't think I ever really intended it to become like what it is now. I think it definitely grew into what it was. Um, but I originally was going to um, mostly just do soap. So Wolf and Pine came from, um, the name actually came from uh, my profound love of wolves. Uh, and so just because I think they're amazing creatures, I do have two dogs that look very wolfy also. They're German Shepherds, but they do look kind of like wolves. So I've always had a profound love for wolves and there's just, there's a lot of um, kind of issues revolving, revolving people that have wolf dogs. And I've always kind of known this, like people that think that they can take care of like a wolf dog. And so they'll have them for a little while, realize like, oh my God, this is not a good idea. And so they'll, um, they'll kind of either give them away or they'll have to put them down or they'll have to give them to shelter because they're just too much to handle just because it is a wild animal. So kind of knowing this, like kind of this uh, challenge with like wolves and stuff and just that they're, uh, kind of being hunted and things like that for animal agriculture. Um, always kind of had a soft spot. And so then because we wanted something that was like meaningful as a mission for our business, we thought when I say we, I say my partner and I, it's primarily, primarily me, but Dave is definitely like a huge part uh, of this, of our business too. Um, and so, so we kind of wanted something that was, um, that gave back for the things that we cared about. So uh, wolves being one of them. So the wolf and pine came from our mission to uh, donate back to wolves. Uh, so we do donate back to a wolf sanctuary in uh, Colorado and then some reforestation efforts. So wolf and pine herbals is, uh, is the love child of those two things. Cool. No, that's awesome. I've actually, we have a wolf dog sanctuary in Alberta too, that I went to that's like six right. months ago. Yeah. So it was, it's really interesting. I do think people don't even think about it or I didn't really even know that that was an issue that was happening. So um, that's awesome that you've like picked that side of it. Cause even it, like people should really go out to the sanctuaries, like wherever you are, because they're adorable and you're just like, Oh, we just need to help you. <laughs> yeah. It's sweet. Like it's, it's, I feel like there's a lot of great, there's a lot of like kind of weird sanctuaries happening right now where there's um like kind of, I don't know, I think glorified petting zoos is kind of what I would categorize them as, but I think like just these amazing animal sanctuaries that are kind of resurging um, just from like these extremely caring people that are just taking care of all these like really wonderful animals. Like I think it's great. I think everyone should go to like a nice legitimate animal sanctuary to visit the animals. Yeah, totally. And if people are interested that are listening, I'll link the one in Ontario and I'll also link the one in Alberta just so people can if they are interested they can go out and see <laughs> excellent thank you um okay and so 
you decided to, this should come become a business. Uh, mm -hmm. What was the first product that you really like brought to market to use like this term? <laughs> yeah, that was okay. So, um, so we initially started with soap. So I liked making soap at the time. I used to always make my own soap. So I thought, you know what, let's just do Wolf and Fine Soap Co. Like, I think this is a great idea. So we started making soap and then I realized probably like six months in, like, wow, okay, I really don't really like making this much soap. Like, I, it's not really for me. So, but we also had different products too. So there was a lot of like, and what I liked about the other products is that I had this like very large natural component. Like there's a lot of herbs in a lot of the other ones. And soap is a bit restrictive um, as far as what you can include. And also it's just kind of like a, like a, a washing product. So you're not really getting like the true benefits. Like you can include some really nice essential oils and things like that and some nice ingredients, but it's a little bit challenging to kind of um, have like a lasting effect for soap. And so, so we initially started with soap and then we kind of like moved away from it gradually. Uh, and just also just the branding of soap too. Like once you take it out of the box, it's kind of hard to carry your business off like a product that just stays in someone's shower. So, so we definitely saw the value in that too. And so we just kind of slowly started moving away from soap kind of more into skincare. We do have some OG soap bars that we do have on our uh, website right now. So Salt Bay and Chilbra. So those are some of our, our two best-selling soaps out of the, I think we had 10 at the time, actually, 10 soaps, so we just kept two. Yeah. Awesome. And how, now, now that you have, like, your original products, how do you decide, like, which product, products to create and how do you develop them um, from scratch? Can you, like, walk us through that process? Sure, yeah. So I initially uh, decide kind of what I want to create. So I'll kind of think of like the mission that I'm trying to accomplish. Like, for example, I'm currently working on a cleanser. And so, um, so I kind of think of what I wanted to accomplish and, um, and what herbs I'll need for that. So I'll, like I said, just because we base most of our ingredients on like organic and wildcraft botanicals, I'll try to see what I can source on those two ends. And so, um, so we kind of formulate, we start formulating recipes and see um, kind of what works. And then, and then I generally will just send it to the people that I know that are just most critical. <laughs> and so they'll do my product testing for me and kind of tell me what they dislike and what they like. And we'll just kind of work on uh, formulating them. So we'll see, we'll generally create like a few different types of products and then see which ones people kind of like the most. And then we'll kind of keep that, that, that prototype and, and work that one out. Okay. And what would you say is your most popular product right now? Like what are people really into? Okay. So, uh, I'd say most popular product, I think artichoke me daddy, the clay mask is probably like a fan fave. Uh, I don't know if that one's not going anywhere. Um, but I would say our face oils are probably like our bread and butter products right now. Um, only because we kind of have them categorized by different skin types too. So I think people appreciate just kind of getting like a more bespoke product. Um, and so, and people have seen a lot of great skincare success with those products too. So those, I would say the face oils are definitely some of our best selling products right now. Yeah. I feel like oil is everywhere. Like oh, I yeah, remember like a few years ago, it was just like, Oh my God, like I can't put oil on my face. Like it's, yeah. that's terrible. And now I'm just like all the oil everywhere. <laughs> yeah, it's true. It's, and it's such a nice feeling too. It's a great, great item to include in your skincare routine. Totally. Well, especially like you guys have way more humidity over there, but in Alberta, we have zero humidity. Oh yeah, that's all true. The time. So right, oil is yeah. amazing. Yeah. <laughs> um, and I know you mentioned it a little bit at the beginning, uh, but why is it 
important for you to keep your products uh, vegan and natural? Because I'm sure that like limits it a little bit for what you're including in them. But yeah, I mean, I think things have come a long way in the last few years as far as sourcing ingredients that are vegan. I think I think that's becoming more and more um, uh, kind of wanted uh, in skincare. Um, but I've been vegan for probably about five, six years now. Um, and I know when I was kind of first starting, it was hard to find. So I just try to keep that um, available for for vegans and or just people that just kind of want a little bit more ethical skincare too. Just because I've been a vegan for five, six years, I thought that was quite, quite important. Um, and so just keeping my products vegan obviously is a, a number one priority. And as far as like natural products, um, I think there's like a plethora of unnatural stuff in the world, like skincare, you see it and there's very little regulation when it comes to skincare. So there's a lot of weird things that end up in uh, kind of different formulations um, in Canada and the US. I know Canada, the US is very, very uh, kind of wide open. Canada has a little bit more regulation. So, um, so just for, as far as natural goes, like, I mean, you're exposed to so many unnatural things, whether it's like pollution, what you eat during the day, like just blue light from your screen. I think it's very important to have some sort of like very natural um, routine, which is like for self-care in the evening. I think it's great to just connect with like some raw materials. So, um, so I think that is like a crucial, those two would be a crucial thing uh, or crucial for us anyways in our business. And just coming from the other side, if people come to you and they're like, yeah, but I think you need like these chemicals and like all these other things in, especially skincare. Um, would you say that like, obviously you've stuck to the vegan. So you would say that it, it works just as well as using like the formulated chemical products that people find. Yeah. I mean, that's, I guess that's a question that people have always been asking themselves, but um, I think, I think it depends where you're coming from. Um, I would say if someone is using a lot of um, silicone-based makeup, for example, sometimes maybe an oil cleansing method is not the best idea, or sometimes I feel like you kind of have to um, be, just kind of recognize what you're doing in your everyday life and just kind of base your um, skincare kind of around, you know, the different choices that you're making. So, so as far as like an unnatural component, I think, uh, some people will definitely see um, some benefit in doing like a vitamin A peel. For me, that's not really something that I I want. Like I don't really want that exposure to um, kind of like those unnatural products, uh, if you know what I mean, like just those unnatural methods, I should say. And so I guess it just depends what your priorities are for me. Like they're more natural. So I try to find all my solutions within that natural world. Um, but I think it just depends where you're coming from too. So. I think people will see benefit in uh, in either one of those things. Maybe for the natural stuff, you might have to be a little bit more patient and just a little bit more diligent. Like your results aren't coming like an, at an unnatural speed. So I think that's something to be aware of and just to kind of plan in your skincare routine also. Right. Actually, I do really like that approach, like just being patient with it. Because I feel like, especially now, we're just like, hey, like, do I have a mask that'll just clear up my face? Yeah, yeah, exactly. I think people like are looking for like the instant fixes. And I think, it, I mean, it does, it does take a long time to kind of bring your, if, especially if you're just using, like I said, like a lot of silicone based makeups and things like that. Like, it's like a lot of the times, like you're just the natural solutions won't work right away and it's just a matter of like you know eating also just like eating well and just drinking a lot of water and just making sure that you're taking care of like your whole body and not just like the just the skin portion itself so 
but yeah, patience is definitely, is definitely, yeah, needed in, in just any, I guess, like self-care routine, I would say. Yeah, I actually, what I was, you said it like just before this is what I was going to say is like also the food side of it too. So if you're going to mm-hmm. put good things in your body, you might as well put good things on your body as well. And I feel like there's such a movement now, I'm sure it's been happening, but I feel like with social media and everything, it's like to, a push towards like natural and like uh, holistic healing. For sure. Yeah. Uh, which I'm super a part of, and I love that. And so I'm glad that that's how you've like explained it because I think people really need to think about that part of it right now. Yeah, that's true. Um, and what are some of the biggest lessons you've learned about business since starting two years ago? Biggest lessons. So definitely to be patient in your journey. I think when you're um, looking at your trajectory of your business, I think you'll kind of see it in like a linear way. And I, it's definitely not like that. I think it's definitely like a zigzagging motion upwards. Um, and you're learning a lot along the way too. So just the little skills, like how to, um, you know, edit photos, for example, that was a big one for me. just like creating content like that. Um, those little things take time to learn. And I think, um, yeah, just being patient and, uh, and just never stop learning too. Um, also don't spread yourself too thin. I think that's like a, a real great way just to sink yourself in a lot of ways. So giving yourself, uh, you know, some breathing room, um, and just being kind of okay with yourself, uh, learning too. Right. No, I love that. And you just mentioned the content creation side of it. So do you do all of the like photos and Instagram and social media and everything? Is that you? Yeah. So that's, that's all me. So it's been, it's been an interesting ride. I'm sure my first posts were probably pretty ugly, but as, (laughs) as I've learned to, um, kind of just get better at photography and stuff, the creation, the content creation has gotten, I would say probably a lot better. Um, but yeah, like Instagram, Facebook, all that stuff, just putting the content out there. It's definitely, um, my partner and I mostly, uh, he, he does a lot of the captions and things like that. So we kind of work as a team for, for those things. And then for photos, like we'll do, we'll do shoots and things like that. So, and even just stuff like, uh, like labels, for example, like we design, design our own stuff. So just, just those visual elements are all done by us too. Wow. Well, your branding is amazing. Like, I feel like it's such a, not like just for Instagram kind of thing, but it's so clean and I really think it like fits into the like natural. Oh, thank you so much. Kind of it. Yeah. And how would you, cause are you just online or are you in like stores as well? So we are in stores too. I think we have about 17 retail locations across Canada right now. We actually have one in, um, in, in Calgary too. Um, the livery shop, livery shop. Livery, yeah. That. Livery shop. Sorry, my bad. Yeah. Um, no, that's okay. <laughs> um, so yeah, we are in the livery shop too um, in Calgary. So we have a few locations. Uh, I think one in BC too. But yeah, primarily online is where we do most of our sales, and then uh, and then more retail locations too. And when it comes to social media, how did you like put together a strategy since it was basically online? Mm-hmm. Um, what would you say your strategy is for social media, just for other people that have like a product-based business or an online-based business? Right. I think, yeah, social media is definitely an asset, but it's kind of annoying too, because you're always at the mercy of like the algorithms. So I think, um, I think creating content is definitely like your, and, and you kind of have to be a hard judge on yourself too. Like, is your content actually good? Because I feel like a lot of people, you know, t- take or what they think is like a great photo and, and they'll post it and they wonder why their Instagrams aren't growing. But it's, but I think like 
making sure that you're putting out great content is like aspect or like key number one to like success on Instagram or social media. Um, and um, yeah, and, and maybe just like posting stuff that people, I think we have like an interesting, um, an interesting dynamic to ours too. I think we just including like different humor in our posts kind of like allows people to come for a little bit more than just like a skincare brand. I think that's probably pretty valuable. So I think if you have something that to offer, whether it's like, you know, like just um, kind of like a, a blog form of, uh, of just, you know, just different things you're interested in, just like content that you're providing to um, your listeners. That's not just like a nice photo too. I think that, so I think the blend of those two together is what I was going to say is like very important. So uh, so good content and uh, like visually and um, and just allowing someone to just get a little bit more from just the photo too from your descriptions and things like that. Totally. And like you said, I think having that like little bit of humor and wit also helps because then people want to follow it even if they don't need to buy more products right now, then it's still like entertaining to follow. Yeah, exactly. And we, uh, for for Instagram, we get a lot of success from boosting like posts of like uh actually specifically artichoke me daddy because i think that one's just like a just a good all-around hit so so we'll tend to promote those uh photos so i think just kind of being strategic uh about kind of what um kind of what you're looking to who you're looking to draw in and uh and just kind of offering those little things to to your audience too and let's talk about you for a little bit. So what are your go-to products that you use? And then can you share your like either morning routine or skincare routine with us? Uh, I would say my go-to products would probably be, I'm a huge fan of my face oils. Like I just, I love them. I use them all the time. Um, so if I was to use um, in regarding to like my, in regarding my products, I would definitely use like my face oils twice a day. And um, and oh, um, the so specifically the tight moist youth oil is what I love, and then the juicy melons, rose and watermelon hydrating mist. So I think those two together are just perfect for my skin type. So I like to use those a lot. And then the Hofa Show body oil is a Hawood and Jasmine body oil that has this really nice like floral and kind of a smoky, sexy scent. So those are definitely the three that I use the most. Um, and then as far as my morning routine goes, I would say, honestly, I'm not really a super consistent person. Like I'm kind of a burning trash fire most days, but, uh, I would say my morning routine, I generally tend to work really late at night. So like the two, 3 AM mornings, uh, kind of work days are very, very common for me. I'm trying to change that over to become like more of a morning person because there's a lot of value in that. But right now I'm just like a very late person. So so generally my morning routine would be just to kind of wake up. Uh, I would like, I try to include like some sort of mindfulness practice in my, in my morning routine when I can, uh, instead of just kind of reaching for my phone, uh, which I think is like what we kind of do as a default, most of us. Um, and so I'll try to include kind of like some sort of mindfulness practice. And then I will, I've been kind of dabbling some intermittent fasting. So I usually skip breakfast in the morning and then um, I'll just kind of go straight to coffee and usually in that time period where I'm kind of like unwinding is where I'd kind of answer uh, some emails just to kind of uh, get that started. But I also have two German Shepherds that I'm taking care of too. So I tend to their needs and making sure that they're getting exercise in the morning and things like that. And, uh, and yeah, so I kind of just get my day started and every day is super different just because I am the, I am 
doing so many tasks for my business. I am in charge of every aspect. So, so in that sense, I guess every day is looking different. So it really just depends on what, um, what the needs are that day. And, and then sometime around like noon, I'll try to get my breakfast in. So that's kind of like what my morning routine uh, looks like. Nice. I totally, I mean, I don't stay up super late, but I'm like, okay, I have a morning routine and people ask me and then I'm just like, well, on Monday it's like this, but then Tuesday it's this. And then it's all over the place. So I totally yeah. understand that. <laughs> um, and what is the future plans for Wolf and Pine? So I think, um, I think what we'd we kind of envision for it is kind of, moving more towards like a skincare, um, aspect. So I think, I think, um, kind of developing more of like a comprehensive line for skincare and just kind of developing some of our other, um, kind of body products in different scents and things like that. So I guess that's kind of like our, our long term product goals. Um, and yeah, just like kind of have more retail locations in Canada and the U S I think, um, I think, we do have a lot of customers and stuff. So I think it'd be uh, great to have some a few locations kind of sprinkled in, in the States and, uh, and in Canada. So right now that's kind of what it looks like. Um, yeah. Our plans are kind of always like evolving. It's never, like I said, it's never really quite a straight line, but I think for now that's kind of what we envision for it. Yeah. Would you ever get into like ingestible products? Like you're, when you're like describing your like forging and like everything you do, yeah. it reminds me of like Four Sigmatic. I don't know if you've ever, Oh, I love forging. Yeah, yeah. yeah um, the guy that owns it like forages in like Finland or something. For, that's right. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> I think it's exactly like you. <laughs> Haro Isakupila, I think his name is. But um, but yeah. So I I would actually love to do adjustables. I think there's some, some issues in regards to like insurance and stuff. I'd have to look into. It's um, I tr I try True. not to. Yeah, I try not to tend to look too far ahead. I think I started my business that way where it's like I wanted like all these products and I just kind of like went so gung-ho and having like all these different ideas and I realized like kind of a little bit further down the line like okay, I should probably just like taper these down a little bit more just to have kind of like a little bit, you know, more time instead of just like, you know, starting out really strong. I think it's there is some value in starting just like kind of smaller, I guess, and just kind of building your brand slowly. Uh, but I've definitely thought about that. I think that's great too. I also think that, um, I think we're kind of at a point now where like the ingestibles, like the the herbs and things like that are becoming way more popular too. I think people are recognizing that beauty is not just like kind of just a topical solution. It's more of like, a, you know, internally health wellness, like it kind of is very holistic in a sense. So, so yeah, definitely would be great yeah, if I can incorporate that in the future. Um, definitely keep that on my list for sure. No, that's awesome. Well, no, you just added a great like business lesson in that too. Cause I'm the exact same way where I'm like, can I just do 50 projects at the same time? And then like maybe finish them, maybe not, <laughs> you know? So I'm trying really hard to focus to like, Oh yeah. It's them. so hard to, it's really hard. Like, and yeah, just cause these ideas are just like floating around your head. You just want to kind of do everything. So I think, yeah, I think just to try to stay focused on one task, get it done is the best way to just not drive yourself insane too. <laughs> Agreed completely. Um, and how do you find a work-life balance? Do you have one? Do you have tips? Oh, the elusive work-life balance. Um, <laughs> yeah, I think, I think work-life balance looks a little bit different for me only because I'm like a very, very introverted person. Um, so I think, uh, for me, it's mostly just having like an adequate downtime. 
uh, and just kind of incorporating a little bit more meditation when things are getting a little bit hairy in my life. So, um, so I think, I think kind of just knowing also, I just kind of tend to see like my mental health just spiraling a little bit. Like it's, so when it starts to get a little bit wobbly, I'll try to like, uh, kind of bring myself back into balance, whether that's like taking a break or just kind of, um, kind of doing a little bit more things for myself kind of uh, on a daily basis. But, um, but yeah, I think as far as like work-life balance goes, I think it's definitely a spectrum for me. I think there's parts of my life that are definitely uh, not balanced in the slightest. And then there's also some that are just maybe a little bit too react relaxed. So I think just having kind of like that spectrum, I think is probably a good way that I can um, kind of conceptualize work-life balance. So, I mean, it's, it's always a work in progress, I think. <laughs> Yeah, totally. Uh, I think that's for everyone, especially if you are working from home. Mm -hmm. uh, but I appreciate your <laughs> realness about that. <laughs> uh, I have a couple more questions sure, yeah. for you. Is there a book or podcast that you would recommend for listeners? Mm, so for a book, I was actually just talking to a friend about this last night, but I think uh, a book that everyone should read like not just entrepreneurs but just everyone in general would be how to win friends and influence people by dale carnegie i think that one has brought a lot of value to my life um and uh and i think it, it was just like a great stepping stone for a lot of people so i think that one's a really good one as far as podcasts go i think the one that i always kind of have on deck is the rich roll podcast uh, that one's more of like a plant plant-based podcast but he's got like amazing guests on it all the time um so ritual podcast and i would say probably uh the one that i like to listen to a lot lately is impact theory by tom bilyeu um he's like he's quite intense like he's quite intense but i think in certain times of my life where i need a little bit in, of intensity i think that's like a great podcast to listen to so i think those two and then just here and there just kind of the odd podcast about you know Shopify tips and things like that is kind of what i like to um that's usually my blend blend of podcasts yeah, it's good to go from like, like you said, like intense ones, but also kind of just like tips and mm -hmm. tricks. You don't need to feel like you're doing nothing right in your life. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Um, and where can people find you and your business online? Yes. So, uh, so for as far as I guess on all the social media, so for the business aspects part of social media, so it's all um, wolfandpine.co. So the website is wolfandpine.co. Uh, I'm on Instagram at wolfandpine.co and Facebook as well. And then for my personal one, it's just Mercedes. Sorry, just Mercedes Burns for Instagram. So, so people can find me there. Um, but yeah, we're definitely active on Instagram. I would say if you want to join the movement, the Wolf and Pine movement, Instagram is definitely the place to be. Um, and that's where we're kind of posting the most on there too. Awesome. Well, thank you for coming on here and sharing. For anyone in Calgary, go check either you out online, obviously, or at the livery shop. Um, thanks. Thank you so much. Thank you for having me. <laughs>